Welcome to The Well Podcast. We pray that this message ministers to you and blesses you as you listen. So let me just, let me give you a quick agenda for today, then we'll pray over it and um, we'll see where that goes. But, but we wanted to do two things today. One, we wanted to share vision for the house. Um, and, and we'll get into that in a little more detail because I think um, it being the first of the year, it seems like a good time to kind of set the direction uh, to get everyone maybe realigned so everyone understands kind of where we're going. Uh, some of you have been with us a long time. Some of you maybe not such a long time. Um, but this might be a chance for some of you to uh, maybe reinforce some of the things you've heard before, and for some of you it might be new information, and for some of you, you might just get a fresh revelation out of what's being shared today. Um, but what we want to do is, is, is give you that idea of direction. What is the well called to? What is our, our mission and purpose, and how are we going to execute that through the year? What does that look like, um, and what does that mean for you, Right? Um, you're here um, because either someone invited you, uh, you stumbled upon us, um, you felt impressed by the Lord, you're here for a reason and purpose, and I believe everyone in here has an assignment from the Lord uh, over their life, whether you recognize it or not. I believe God has gifted and has empowered each of us to be an influence to those people around us. Now, for some of us, that might be a small circle of people, but I believe even in that small circle, that might be the domino that gets tipped that leads to a great revelation of the Lord to a vast number of people. And I believe God works in generations, not just this generation, right? So, so you might look at your part and go, well, I don't have a big part. I'm not a mega church, you know, influencer or whatever. No, but you might influence the next one who is. And you don't know when you're going to unlock that. You don't know how important your domino is, how your purpose is in your life. You may never know that in your lifetime. It may have to wait until you get to heaven. And you could hear the testimonies of, of how faithful and obedient you were, maybe even when you didn't think you were doing that well, and how that unlocked the kingdom and purpose in someone else's life. So with all that, maybe get a little ahead of myself. But we want, to, we want to go over that. We want to talk a little bit about the values and mission and purpose in the well. And we want to sprinkle that in with a couple other testimonies of people who have come to the well, have lived part of their life through the well, have been on this journey with us, and they can testify to the goodness of the Lord. Because I think that will be encouraging to people. I think um, some of the things you'll hear today will um, maybe stun you, maybe shock you, but certainly encourage you. So that, that's what we're going to do today, and we're, and we're going to talk about where we're going in the future, what that means for you, and, um, and we want you to be a part of it. We think part of your being here is not to sit in that seat and not to absorb everything around you, but there, there is purpose and meaning in your life, and if you're not acting upon that, then you're falling well short of the purpose that God has for you. God is not, his purpose is not for you to be a sponge. God is not getting blessing to you. He's not getting wisdom and knowledge to you. He's not, he's not put desires in your heart just for you to carry those things around with you. But those are to fulfill a better purpose, a greater purpose. And, and a lot of that is going to happen as you give that away. Okay? So that's, that's where we're going this morning. So let's pray. Let's bless the service ahead of us. And then I want to share a story. Heavenly Father God, as we share this morning, as all those who are going to share their testimony this morning, Holy Spirit, I ask that you move in a mighty way. 
Father, unlock ears and eyes, Father, that that fresh revelation can find the good soil in people's hearts. Father, that your word can sink in, that a word of encouragement, Father, will push someone to draw closer to you this morning, finding more of that purpose and passion in their life. And Lord, I just ask that you just fill this service with your presence. Lord, we give you praise and honor this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, um, the story I wanted to share um, kind of felt like the Lord laid it on my heart in this last song that we sang. Um, Our family had the blessing of going on vacation this week, something we've been trying to do, frankly, all, all of last year. So our 2022 vacation was in 2023. Um, and that's okay, because that just means we get another vacation later, right? Um, but we went out to southern Utah. Um, and you might say, well, what's in southern Utah? Well, it's, it's an arid desert area that is filled with these beautiful mountains uh, of entirely just a rainbow of colors from all the different rock layers and those kind of things. And there's this little park out there called Zion National Park. And Zion is one of the most beautiful places I've ever been. Um, Part of it is because it's so different. um, But part of it is it just shows just the tremendous beauty that's in the world. Um, And that last song we were singing um, talks about Um, picking us up out of the miry clay, turning us around, putting us on solid ground. And I couldn't help but think about the last hike we went on. Uh, Now, part of Zion, and the reason it's called Zion, is because the Mormons in the late 1800s, I think, had a big big push to move out there. And so there's Zion, um, Mount Carmel, um, and then the trail, the specific trail we're on is called the Watchman's Trail. Which we thought, oh, that's kind of cool. We're watchmen, right? We want to go on the watchman's trail. Um, but, but we get on this trail, <laughs> and I know I haven't verbalized it, but I think everyone was thinking it. We get on this trail, and it's the last trail we've done. We already did one trail earlier in the day that, that goes up into this beautiful canyon. We'll share a lot of this with you, I'm sure, later as it, as it unfolds. Um, but we go on this trail, so we're already like three-mile hike in the day, and, and it's a mountainous region, so we've been up and down and rocky and all of these things and climbed up on rocks, which we learned a little bit about ourselves. Some of us are afraid of edges. Some of us are afraid of heights. Um, some of us are more wigged out by like things you can like stumble and fall off of instead of just like a cliff where you just fall one time. Um, but anyways, we learned a little bit about ourselves. But this Watchman's Trail, we get on it and you, you start at the visitor center, and it's, it's this gravel walkway, and you walk, I don't know, a quarter mile, and then you get on the actual trail that starts to go up the hill, and you, and you top this, like, four-foot little rise, and you, and you start to go down on the other side of this little hill, and it becomes just this muddy mess. And I don't know that anyone said it, but I think everyone thought it. We went, I don't know if I want to do this. <laughs> because, I mean, it's this sticky clay. It's not just like you're going to get wet. I mean, it's the kind of sticky, muddy clay that when the song says miry clay, it's like you put your foot in it and you have to like, you know, pull up. It takes effort to get your foot out of this. And I couldn't help but think of this mud when we were singing the lyrics in that song. But what I realized in the middle of that song is is we went on this trail 
And, and the first part of the trail was up and down and up and down over these little hills until you start climbing the mountain. And there's this mud everywhere, and, and you're walking on the edges of the path, you know, where, where it's, it's just a little bit higher, and the water drains off, and it's a little bit drier. And, and we're going up this, and we start to go up the side of this mountain because the view is up on top. And I couldn't help but think about us, and what Becky always says is we're climbing the mountain, right? And, and, um, and you can't help but think about the, the uh, scripture that talks about who will climb the mountain, the pre of heart. And, and all of those things. But we're climbing over these things, and I think about this miry clay. And at some point, um, the elevation changed, I think it was like 360 feet or something like that, which doesn't sound, that's like a little more than a football field, right? Um, it's probably a little more than like from here to your car. You know, that, that's how high it was. But I tell you when, you, when you stretch that out and you're going on a hike over rocky ground and the sticky clay, it feels like a whole lot. And I remember at one point, we're a quarter of the way into this thing, and we pass these two ladies that are coming down. And of course, I know I'm winded. I'm sure everyone else is a little bit winded. You know, there's effort involved in climbing the mountain. That'll preach right there. And, and we get there, and I remember asking them, I said, how is it up there? And they're like, oh, it's worth the trip. It's worth the trip. It's a climb, but it's worth it. And all that came together this morning, and that, to me, is like a picture of life. And how we all walk through these seasons where we get into this miry muck that the world just creates. You know, this world doesn't make it easy for us to live with integrity and honesty. It doesn't make it easy for us to follow the example of Christ and draw close to him because the world is in opposition to that. The world is constantly telling us that we should be walking the other way. But, you know, here were these two ladies that have already climbed the mountain. Who've already made it to the top. And already got to see the glory of the Lord from the top of the mountain. That as they're coming back down to go find another trail and climb another mountain, that they're encouraging the people on the way up. And I couldn't help but think about this miry clay and how it's sticky and how it's hard and how this Christian walk is a challenge. And everything about it says you should turn and go back. We know it's, we know it's uphill. We know there's effort that's going to be involved. We can get to a certain point. We can feel winded and exhausted. But the beauty and majesty is at the top. And just like these two hikers, as we're on the trail and in, in our lives, and we see people that are, that are coming up and they're winded and they're exhausted and they look like they're ready to turn around and quit. That's just where we need to stand and go, no, you got to keep going. The beauty's at the top. The, the, the deliverance is at the top. The victory is at the top. Just keep going. And to me this morning in that miry clay and thinking about that and all that coming together, that's kind of our role and that's how we should be with one another. No one in here is excused off that trail. No one in here is excused from not encouraging the next person to keep going. Even if you can't find the strength to keep going, you need to be there and go, I'm sure it's beautiful at the top. I'll be right behind you. So Zion is beautiful. Apparently my voice wasn't. It's on? You got me? Okay. All right. Well, I couldn't help but think about that. If you ever get a chance to go out to Zion, it is absolutely beautiful, absolutely beautiful. 
Um, I would say for me, um, I love Gatlinburg. I love the Smoky Mountains. Um, Smoky Mountains are beautiful. You can get up in the mountains. You can see the haze going over the mountain. You can see all the waterfalls and that kind of stuff. And this is entirely different, entirely different, but beautiful in its own right. And you're welcome to walk right out in it and get right into the middle of what, what God has created and the beauty around us. It's absolutely amazing. All right. That was free. That was bonus. Um, but, um, but I think it goes along with, with our purpose and our mission here. Um, because it's really not, it's really not about us. Um, so my, my job here this morning is to kind of lay a foundation. Um, and if you've been around a little while, um, you've probably heard a lot of this before, but what I want to touch on is kind of the mission and values that we have in this house. Um, those serve to ground us. They serve to establish kind of the foundation that we build upon. And so I want to lay that, um, and we're going to have testimonies of people who who have uh, been with us a while, and then uh, Becky's going to come up and maybe somewhat wrap this up with where we're going and what that's going to mean for this year. So if you've been here any, any time, you've heard the mission statement that's cultivating a culture for more of God. And there's a couple key words there. One is cultivate, and this kind of speaks to that walk on the mountain. Cultivating is work. Cultivating is breaking up that hard ground. Cultivating is turning over things that haven't been seen in a while in order to prepare that ground for a new seed. Cultivating is something that you do in a season before you grow. And if you've heard the sermon I talked one time about, um, and I borrowed it from Tozer, he, you know, me and Tozer, we got a thing. But anyway, um, he talks about the, the steel plow. The steel plow is cold and it doesn't care. And at some level in our life, we have to allow that plow in. And that plow disturbs the soil. It breaks up those things. And sometimes that's not comfortable. And I'll go so far as to say, I don't want you to be comfortable in this house. I want you to constantly have this, this thing in your life where God is challenging you to break up those habits, those those. Um, those religious strongholds in your life, the hurt in your life, the, the church hurt that you've had, that's a big one. Um, I, I want you to be challenged. I want the Lord to constantly challenge you in those things. I think it is a shame that people get into church and they get comfortable at a certain level and they sit back and they no longer pursue God. They put it in cruise control and they're okay just sitting back in traffic waiting to the end of the trip. They never want to get to the front of the line. They never really want to climb the mountain. They never really, really want to see the, the greater measure of God in their life. They're just comfortable where they are. And I think that leaves people wanting. It, it keeps people from really reaching their full potential that the Lord has outlined for their life. And so if there's any time that you feel like we're, we're pushing on you or we're pulling on you or somehow it makes you uncomfortable to, to dig in and do more, good. <laughs> because I, I don't want you just to finish the race. I want you to finish the race well. I don't want you to just be a participant, but I want you in that last mile sprinting to the end. I don't want you to reach the finish line 
and, and have energy left over to, to, to get to the finish line and go, well, if I'd really given my all, what could I have done? I want, I want you to be pushed. I want you to, to have that demand and that draw in your life that God is always wanting more for you. I believe we serve an unlimited God. And if he says to pursue him and to be more like him, and he is unlimited, then our quest to do that never has an end. You can never reach a plateau where you go, I've reached all that God has for me. Because I believe what he has for you, what he has for me, is an unlimited thing. Now, that means different things in different seasons. Right? For some of you who, who are, are, are younger and those kind of things, you know what? We need to take the young people. They need to get out and do wilderness hikes or whatever, right? They need to go walk these trails, and they need to see that life lived out in front of them like I was just explaining. They need to see God's hand move in the world, and they need to be on that trail encouraging others to come up. Now, when you're 90 and you think that that you ought to be settling down, you owe the people that are coming behind you the wisdom of your years. There, there is no age and point in your life where you should sit back and, and, and just become that sponge and just absorb. Because frankly, just like a sponge, it's going to get saturated and it's just going to start rolling off you. you. You owe it to the next generation to continue to pour out, to continue to find whatever mission and purpose in your life to give that away. All right. Got a little off there, but cultivating. Cultivating is the work of turning over the ground, preparing to receive, and, and constantly be in this state of preparing for new growth. Second word in that statement is culture. And this is where it really involves all of you. I don't want you guys to believe that everything comes from the stage. Because if you believe that, then, then you're putting us on a pedestal we do not deserve to be on. All right? Now, at some level, there has to be organization. There has to be leadership there has to be those kind of things to get the bills paid to get the carpets clean to do all those other things that we all want to happen so that we're not sitting in the dark in a cold room so that we can come and enjoy this together comfortably there's danger in that too we won't get into that but a culture is one of those things that that duplicates itself when you have a culture, it doesn't mean that everything is done by them, right? Maybe you see it done by them, but then when you're given the opportunity to greet someone out there, you duplicate that and you share that with someone, right? Now, counterculture is going to do the opposite of that, and we see a lot of that in the world, All right? Counterculture would say, what's most important, me, myself, and I, right? And here we would say, no, God created all people. There's value in everyone we got to figure out the best way to, one, get people to see that they're valuable, because that in itself is a challenge. But the Lord has blessed us, and so how do we turn around and give that blessing away? So there's a culture we want to create here amongst the people who are here who, who can align with this vision, who can see their purpose and their calling in life, and then go and share that with others. And then the last one here is more. More is such a big word, and, and hopefully you guys can see my passion around that. We've got a board out here, and, and we took very early on, and we said, okay, well, what, what are the things that are important to us? And we started writing statements out, right? 
And then we took that, we turned it into a word cloud. And if you don't know what a word cloud is, you basically take the words, and the bigger the word is, the more times it shows up in that collection of words. And so if you look at this word cloud out here, there's one word that stands out well above all the others. And it's right in the middle, and I think it's in that teal green color, and it says more. And what our hearts burned for and continue to burn for is more of God. Where, where we were at, we were, we were going to church, and we were, we were doing our best to pour out our blessing, and we were doing, doing the best we could to support the church that we were in at the time. But we, we felt like there was just something missing. We, we, had, we had plateaued there, and, it, and, and there's more to it than this, but, but God really moved us out of there and said that, that we need to move. There's more for us to do. There is an assignment on our life that we need to fulfill and that we couldn't do it from the position we were in. And that was a very challenging time. We won't get into all of that. Um, and I'm going to talk probably well more than I should right now. But, um, but that's a story for another day. But God really moved us out of that season, put us into a, a new season. Um, and it's been such a wonderful season, to be honest. It was scary. That first step out was scary. Because it took faith. And we just... We literally had a place where we were stepping away from everything that offered any security, any stability, any relationship, and literally just stepped out into this void. And that was frightening. But the good news is, is that other people saw us step out, and some people said, you know what? I wonder where they're going. We should go see what they're doing. And it wasn't too long before we had this little group that came along with us. And then we get to hear stories about other people that say we were waiting for someone to step out and do this. And the Lord shared that with Becky, especially in a dream, in a vision. And, and she just, that prophetic side of her just really came out in that season that she could share that. And it, it didn't make it more comfortable, I can say that. And I had a saying at the time, I, I had to get comfortable with being uncomfortable. And it really was an uncomfortable time, but what a glorious time it, it was. And now looking back three years on it, wow, what, a, what an adventure. What an adventure the Lord had for us. And it has been awesome. So creating, or I'm sorry, cultivating a culture for more of God, more of his presence, power, and purpose. And they're listed in that, that order for a reason. And one of the reasons that 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 time in worship and that time where we just come in and we can sing his praises and we can join together. There's a unity in music, I think. There, there's a oneness that we come together. We're all singing the same song, and maybe we're all thinking about how it relates to us individually, but it's all praising God and edifying God. There's something about when we come together as a group, whether that, that is Sunday morning or Tuesday or Thursday or whenever we get together, when we come together as a group, and you bring your portion, and I bring my portion, and we start to put that together. And the Lord said, wherever two or three are gathering in his name, he's in their midst. And when he gets in our midst and we get in his presence, things begin to unlock. Chains begin to break. We begin to get fresh revelation from the Lord. And it is an awesome thing to be in his presence. And so we spend a lot of time and put a lot of effort to create opportunities to come and be in his presence together. Now, can you do that at home? Absolutely. And some of you actually will probably hear more at home in your quiet time when you settle yourselves and push all the noise and distractions from the day away. But there is something about 
coming together as a group and coming together in that unity that, that, that we get when we come together as a family. And it's in that that the Lord's power is revealed. I can't tell you how many times that we have got together on a Tuesday or Thursday night, Sunday morning, whatever it is, and we have come together and we have aligned and we have prayed for something, only to hear the testimony come back of how things unlocked, things were released, how things broke off, how situations resolved themselves in an amazing way. And so there's some, something about coming together that, that, that unity between believers and the family of Christ coming together in kingdom releases, allows God to move and, and permits that space and elevates that faith needed for him to really move in power. And then the last piece of that is purpose. And again, I kind of talked about that earlier, but I believe everyone has a purpose in the kingdom. Everyone has a purpose in the kingdom. Some of us have maybe figured out what that is in this season, and I'll say it changes. It changes depending on the season of life you're in. It changes how God has moved in your life and the things that are facing you. Because some of you in this season might be called to intercede in prayer, and that when that prayer is answered, and generations are changed, you will enter a time where it is all about thanksgiving. And you can, just like the, the woman um, with the, the vase that was at Jesus' feet, there was probably a season where she prayed. She prayed and she prayed, and once she was delivered, she transferred and she just laid at the feet of Jesus and just poured out her praise. Where that perfume that meant so much to her in one season meant nothing to her if it wasn't for him. But everyone has a purpose. Everyone has a purpose. And part of our job here as a church and as a family is to help you figure out what that is. All right. I don't want to go too long. So let me cover these. Values, um, what, what do we value in this? Authentic worship that leads to his presence. The reason we come together, the reason we sing songs, the reason we spend time doing that is because if, if we do two or three songs and we stop, unless they're like, you know, 15-minute songs or something, some of you are still thinking about what you left at home, whether you left the iron on, you know, the things ahead of you in the day, and you've not been able to, to really enter in here. So we want to create an environment that allows you to, to soak, allows you that time to detach from everything you left behind to get here and to really get centered and focused on being with the Lord and being in his presence. And again, there's a unity in, in singing the songs. There's a unity in music. There is a draw to music that, that really draws people together. And so we really want to go after his presence authentically. We don't want to just sing songs just to sing pretty songs. If anything, you ought to be looking at these lyrics, and they ought to trigger thoughts of how God has been good to you, how you can look at your life, and you can see where he's pulled you out of that miry clay in your own life. And how he's, he's set your feet on solid ground. And how he, he had you walk away from something. He opened a door that you could walk into something. And how he established your steps. And you'll probably also see where you've stepped off that path, where you've turned around where you shouldn't, where you made a choice and you opened a door that you shouldn't have. Part of that is good. At least you're seeing it. 
At least you can recognize where you made a misstep, and at least with that revelation, it allows you to go back and fix some of it. You know, heaven forbid you're lost and you don't know how to get back. That's the worst situation to be. But if the Lord is convicting you of things, if he is showing you things, and I, I don't even like that word convict, because it sounds negative. Maybe it's a good word, I don't know. But I remember one time where the Lord was showing me something in my life, and I just felt horrible. Like I had missed it, and I felt horrible. And he goes, I don't want you to feel horrible, but i got to show you. I've got to reveal it to you. Because if, he, if he's a loving father is going to come to you and go, look, this is not good for you. I know it may seem like a lot of fun. It may seem like the thing to do right now. But I'm telling you, it ends poorly. This is a better way. And it's not to condemn you and convict you and send you off to, to prison and to turn our back on you or whatever. But it is so that you can have that revelation and see that there, there is a better path for you. The word says it's a light, a lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. One, it, it allows us to step confidently that next step, but allows us also to see where we're going. All right, kingdom culture. One of the things you'll see in this house is that we'll connect with other groups. We talked about uh, Trudac coming in and, and we're hosting a worship night. That is going to bring in other churches. It is going to allow us to connect with other people. Um, over the, the holidays, we connected with um, Mosaic to support the um, Wonderland Toy Store. I knew it had a name. Um, we had um, DPB. Okay, good. Got it right. DPB um, that we help sponsor with um, uh, Second Chance Ministries. Y'all don't know this yet. <laughs> Names me, not the greatest. But you wanna, you'll see us reach out to other ministries and other churches in the area. We want to work together with them. That's part of the kingdom culture. It's, it's part of, of the body of Christ coming together. And we, we understand that, that the well is not going to be for everyone. Everyone is not ready to sit in a house where you're going to be challenged. They're just not. People aren't. And that's too bad. Because, again, I, I, I think if you're not being challenged, if, if, if the Lord isn't allowing things to, to come to your, your knowledge and your understanding, if you're not growing, you're shrinking. And so, so you know, our mission here is that you're, you're constantly being challenged, you're constantly growing, you're ch- constantly being pushed to pursue him, to, to go after him, to ascend the mountain, to pick your feet up out of the miry clay and take that next step. All right. So we work with the other kingdom-minded ministries in the area. I'll leave it there. I'll leave it there. Because I, I will say that there's some that, that I'll leave it there. But we want, we want to work with kingdom-minded ministries in the area. Okay? Um, real relationships with God, family, and others. We don't, we don't want to put on a show. We don't want to do anything that is not God-led, God-focused, um, there might be times to, to have a, a women's movie night, have a little inter- entertainment, and just build 
connections and community. That's fine. Uh, nothing wrong with that at all. But, but we, we don't want the, the musicians and the singers up here just to be putting on a show. We, we want it to be an open invitation that's going to draw you into his presence. and You can join in and be a part of that, that song and that worship moment. All right. And then the last one I'm going to cover here, and I'm going to quit, um, is relational evangelism. Now, some of you have heard evangelism, and your immediate thought is we're going to go hand out tracts, and we're going to pray for people on the street, and we're going to count salvations and all that kind of stuff. That's not what we want to do. And that sounds like a horrible thing, but it's not. Because if you go back and you poll any of those that go out and do these mass um, evangelism outreaches, and you go back a year later and go, well, how many of those people are still in your church? And they'll go, well, two. How many, how many were saved that day? Well, we had 600. And you have two. Well, what happened to the rest of them? Well, yeah, they, some of them came once, some of them didn't come at all. We're not real sure. That's not what we want to do. First thing we want to do is create that relationship. And we want to walk with people. All right? We don't want them to, to necessarily have an experience. And, and I'm not, don't get me wrong here, I'm not knocking that because I believe that's planting a seed. But we also want to be very intentional about following up on those seeds that we do plant. And make sure that, that, that they're being watered, make sure that we're following up. And, and can, can we do that perfectly? Is every plant going to grow at that season? Maybe not. Right? They may not be at a place where, where our follow-up is going to do anything other than, you know, scare them away, if you will. But we also know that in order to really reach people and to pull people up out of that miry clay, sometimes that takes time. And if you don't have the relationship with them and you don't, aren't committed to taking time with them, then you're going to leave them stuck in that miry clay until the next person comes along and moves them just maybe another inch closer to, to that dry ground, right? So we want to be intentional about how we reach out to other people and how we commit to really helping people up and out of those difficult places in their life, okay? All right, so that's some of the values that, that we have. And, and again, these are kind of foundational things that, that when... When we were challenged in establishing the well, and part of it was legal reasons, and part of it is, is just because, you know, if anyone's going to look at a church, what are you going to look for, right? If, you're, if y'all remember visiting a church, right? You go on their website, because everyone does that nowadays, right? And you go, okay, well, what do they believe, right? And, and what are, what, what's their mission? What makes this house different, right? And so these are the things that we had to put together to introduce the well, to introduce the culture to the outside world that is going to look in. That when people are at that place where they're in the wilderness and they're not sure where to camp, that they can go to our website and hopefully some of this will connect with them. And hopefully they can see the heart of this house and they can go, you know what? I want to go give them a try. I want to go, go see if they're really different like this. And our desire is to be completely authentic to all of this. We're not just putting that out on the website just to be pretty words and just to put on a good show. Absolutely not. We are 100% committed to all of these values, and we're going to execute and walk these out as best we can. Okay? So that, that's the foundational piece. Um, all of that guides what we do here. All of that serves as the foundation for how we move forward as, as a church organization. Um, now, Structurally, the leadership here is not just Becky and myself, but we have a leadership team, and we believe that this is God-ordained. Um, if you look at in Ephesians 4, I think, it talks about the, 
prophet, apostle, I was trying to get in order. I don't think that's the right order. But teacher, evangelist, and pastor. They're, they're all there. But he talks about how those roles in particular are for the equipping of the saints. And so our leadership team, we found people and identified people that really think that way. Really, if they were to describe themselves in a biblical standpoint, that, that's their, call it their main trait, like is reflected in that. And I think Becky mentioned it earlier, maybe it was in pre-service prayer, but we have seen that when we have had to counsel people and we pull that group together, we have seen that counseling just be amazing. And how if any one of us had met and counseled these people, how we had, would have left them lacking. But the fact that we had people that hide all of these different attributes of the Lord, and honestly, I, I think the way, maybe this is my opinion, but I think especially those five, really describe like different attributes of Jesus and how Jesus was probably one that he was able to do all five of those really well, where we're not able necessarily to do all five of those really well. And it really does take a, a group of people to have that different mindset and mentality. I'll call it gifting from the Lord. That when we come together, something amazing happens. So that's how we lead this house. We regularly get together with those people and go, okay, Hey, we're, we, we, you know, we, we got to do this next event. We want to do this. You know, are we, are we doing the, the right amount of evangelism? Are, are we pastoring the people well? You know, where, where in these five attributes, this fivefold ministry, and I think a better representation of Christ, what are we doing well? What do we need to work on? And we regularly align on that and try to de decide within ourselves as best we can how to better display Jesus and how to be the best representation of Christ that we can be to this body. Okay, so all that being said, that's the foundational things. That's where we've been. That, that's, I know that was very teacher of me, and that's unfortunately one of my strengths. Um, yeah, forgive me. You'll learn a lot, but, but you won't be maybe inspired like you should be. Um, just being honest, just being honest. This is that authentic me. Um, but I want, you, I want you to be inspired. I want you to feel the passion in this. I want you to feel connected to this. I want, to see, want you to see where you fit in and how you can complement this. Because I really believe that all of you are here with purpose, um, whether that's for today, whether it's for the long term, whether it's just in this season. You're all here with a purpose, and I believe God is going to pour out to you what you need to be doing. Okay? Now, we got a couple people that are going to share some testimonies um, coming up here, and, and hopefully these are testimonies from the well, because otherwise it, I'm not sure where we'll go. But anyways, um, Linda, you're on the top of the list. So if you will, please come. Linda's going to share a, a few words with us. Um, and then we've got Ken and Kathy, just for orders. I love people. Um, I hope you all know that. I love you all very much. Like your stories mean so much to us, but uh, to me too. And I feel very connected to all of you. And so it's very much an investment. So I just want to introduce the reason that 
we asked Linda is because she's been here for about a year and a half. And, um, and it was so funny because the first time I actually had a conversation with you, we were standing right here and she just kept looking at me going, I just want more of God. I just want more of God. I've just been asking for more of God like over and over and over and over again. And she had just lost her husband, hadn't been long. And anyway, and I kept going, I know you do. Don't you know where you're at? <laughs> Don't you know what our vision statement is? You know, <laughs> to cultivate a culture for more of God. And I just kept thinking that, just ringing and ringing. I was going, yes, I know. I understand. I understand. So anyway, just so grateful that God brought you along and to be a part of this house. Thank you for being willing to share it this morning. I have to be honest, I didn't like bringing this thing up here. I would rather just talk casually, but as verbal as I am, anybody that knows me knows I'm a communicator. Um, mic in my hand and people in front of me, and then it all shut down. <laughs> so, um, but in a way, I'm glad because so many things have been spoken about this morning already that are on this page. So you know I won't be copying what was said. I am reading it. And I already wrote it before I got here. So I visited the well for the first time on Father's Day 2021. The well had only been in existence 18 months. And it had been 18 months since I had lost my husband. And he had gone to be with the Lord. I had not had a church for four and a half very long years. It wasn't because I wasn't looking or praying for one. But I wasn't looking for an ordinary church. There were plenty of those to be found. I was hungry for God, and I wanted so much more than what I was finding. When I came to the well, I was still grieving from the loss of my husband. I pray that the Lord would let this be the one. I asked that the Lord give me a sign if, I was to, if this is where he wanted me to be. During the first um, service, that service, they made the statement that the well existed to cultivate a culture of more of God. So that was a big wow for me. That's what I wanted. In fact, I think back, I don't know how many people remember this song, uh, More Power, More Love, uh, More of You in My Life. It's an old one, probably, I don't know, back in the 90s, maybe? Anyway, and I loved that song because that's what I wanted. That's all I wanted. Um, so I was happy to find out that there was a praise and presence service on Tuesday, and I attended. Towards the end of the service, someone called me up. I'm purposely leaving names out because I really want all glory to go to God. Um, <laughs> so someone called me up and um, said that they thought that I was supposed to be prayed for. And I went up, and three different people ministered to me that night. And I was starting to feel that my prayers were being answered, and I was finding my home. A few weeks later, the leadership introduced Night Watch on Thursday nights. I was so hungry for the Lord, I was excited to have another opportunity to sit in his presence. Some nights I would come in and would not be able to hold back the tears, and I would just cry. I never felt judged, only loved. I was committed to attending every Tuesday and Thursday. The presence of God was so strong here at times I would not be able to even walk or stand. I had never experienced a church that was such a strong, consistent presence of God. I had experienced it, but not 
ongoing like that. After a few months, I could tell the grief was dissipating, and I heard the Lord say it was finished. Now, after attending the well for the last 18 months, I feel refreshed and like a new person. Sitting in the presence of God has shaped me and molded me in ways I can't even describe. I was radically saved over 33 years ago. I had always run after the Lord, but I had come to a place where I was so desperate for more and I just couldn't find it. I found it here. The thing I love the most about the house, this house, is that it was birthed from his word. The father spoke it into existence. He called a husband and a wife to start this church. It was, wasn't just a good idea that someone had. And just as the Lord spoke it into existence, I believe he has fully, full authority to run it as he sees fit. Our pastors and leadership step out of the way. They listen and follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. And because of this, we have a house of believers who are unified and about the Father's business. They aren't trying to start another program just to start a program. And they aren't worried about the numbers or how many people call this place their home because it's God's house. And they trust him to do what he wants and when he wants. I've been in ministries over the years that are doing their best to accomplish good works. But the works aren't good God's ideas, they're, they're man's ideas. You can easily tell the difference because man's ideas feel like a lot of work and make you feel burdened. But God's ideas just flow down from heaven. And as this house flows in the Holy Spirit, the Father uses all those that are submitting to him and his will to participate in what he is doing. He'll challenge you and grow you along the way as he's accomplishing what he desires for the kingdom. Isn't that what we all want? To be used in the gifts and the calling that have been placed on our lives? I also believe that the characteristics of any leadership flow down to those they're leading. And a church body can only go as high as the leadership can take you. We are blessed in this body because there is no cap. Our pastors stand out of the way and let the Lord lead. Each one, of the, each one of us has the opportunity to ascend the mountain. I believe that the Lord has raised up a house of God for such a time as this to be a light on a hill in a very dark world. I was going to hug you. <laughs> Ken. Well, we got to hear him preach last week, if you were here. What a beautiful service we had last week. So Ken was here for first service, second, second service. And I remember him coming and uh, being here, and you're a friend of Daryl's. And that's kind of how you ended up here, I think. But uh, I was so um, grateful for the wisdom. I knew when you came in that you were going to bring a, a level of wisdom that we really needed here. And, uh, and it's just been a real gift to the house. And so grateful that you're here and that this is your home. 
you and your family. It's a beautiful thing. <laughs> it never fails. <laughs> I get really emotional because uh, um, when I met the Lord back in the early 90s, it was a real um, emotional experience, you know. It was life transforming. And then it just seemed like things kept going the wrong way. Um, my hunger and thirst for the Lord just didn't seem to get met um, in a, at a church level. And it seemed like um, time after time I was let down by the church, by leadership. And uh, it was... I think I had left a church three years prior to this one's forming. And um met a group that, it's funny that you're here, brother, because he knows Campfire. And uh, went, went to some of their services, met some great people. You know, in our journey, we meet a lot of great people. And, um, and that's how God kept that spark alive in me was others that were hungry I met with and we'd get together and, and we'd discuss why isn't the church like this? You know, where's the church that's on fire for God? And uh, it seemed like every time I'd find something that was on fire, it would dwindle or something, the enemy would come in and disrupt it and I'm like, Man, I'm so sick and tired of this, Lord. I want something that's on fire. And that fire survives, you know. And um, I'll never forget Daryl come over and he was talking about um, the well forming. And uh, he came to me for advice, you know. And it was so funny because a friend, friend of mine came over and it was just like he was answering his own questions, you know. He was talking and I'm like, you know, we don't really have to say a word, bro, because you've already answered your question. What? I'm like, listen. Just kind of expressed what he was saying. And uh, I didn't make the first service at the well because I was part of LifeBridge at that time and going in the morning. I was part of the children's ministry. And um, so I came to their second service, and it was at night, so it didn't interfere with uh, Sunday morning. And the first time I was there, it was just I felt the freedom of worship. I was able just to uh, let go, you know, close my eyes and focus on the Father. And it was amazing. And then I think the first time too um there was some prophecy going forth and and I I had already gotten a word from the Lord and they're like does anybody else have a word and I'm like Lord it's my first time here you know and so I was like and she allowed me to minister to this person and I was like wow I've never had that happen before you know or such freedom and such, you know, to me, it's someone looking over and saying, okay, 
the Lord's in this. Because we all have to be careful for, you know, my wife and I, we, we grew up um, believing that, you know, it's very important who speaks over you or touches you, lays hands on you, because there's a transference. So we have to be aware, right, as leadership, that people are receiving what God wants to give. So that just blew me away. I'm like, man, Lord, this place is different. And I never stopped coming. <laughs> Every Sunday night I was at the well. You know, we went from the garage to the whole barn after um, COVID. And then, matter of fact, during COVID, you know, most of the churches shut down. And uh, my wife and I started discussing what we were going to do as far as um, where we were going to attend church because we weren't really um, liking the way um, things were going at LifeBridge. You know, there, there was a lot of restrictions, lots of rules, and I'm not one for that. <laughs> uh, I like to come and just be a part of a service, you know. When they say, oh, you got to sign up, you got to do this, you got to do that. Man, where's the freedom in that? So we discussed it, and we decided to make the move to the well. And um, through that, God has really ministered to my heart as far as um, breaking some things off of me. Um, because there's a lot, you know, church hurt was one of the biggest. And um, I know from some of you here that you've dealt with the same thing. You know, there's uh, churches try hard, but if they're not run by the Spirit of God, people get in their own way. And that's one of the things that I like about here is there's a freedom. Um, if someone out in the audience has got a word, all you got to do is come up say, hey, I, I got a word from the Lord, and 99% of the time, you're going to share that word. That is if you have the boldness to do it. <laughs> some don't. Some want you to share it. Hey, I got this from the Lord. Can you share this? But in the three years that I've been here, I've seen growth, maturity, and I believe that's the biggest thing God wants to do is he wants to mature his body. Feel that. <laughs> because this is one of the things that in, in one of my previous churches, you know, um, pastor asked me, he's like, man, why, why don't people, more people come? You know, where's all the loss coming to the church? And the Lord impressed on me. He says, I can't entrust babies to babies. And I would, that just blew me away. <laughs> and it's like he needs maturity in the believer to raise up the children. Because there's a lot of needs in a child. And if, if we as leadership are always offended by people, how are we supposed to lead them? So... 
I see a lot of maturity coming. You know, I've, I've seen a lot of you come in and, and things have fallen off of you. God's maturing you. And he's been doing that in me from the day I stepped foot in here. He's broken so many things off of me. Mindsets that were wrong. You know, God has got so much for each and every one of us. But if we have the wrong mindset of who he is, it just stunts our growth. And that's what I felt the Lord gave me for our, our first message of the new year. You know, was that he's breaking off old mindsets. There's a new beginning. There's a, a new perception of who God is coming to each and every one of us. If we want it. Because he says those who want will receive, right? Those who believe shall receive. I think Ryan and I were talking about that this morning. There's a lot of teachings in the churches. But do we really believe what's being taught? Those who believe shall receive. So we have to get this into our heart that what God says is fact. It's the truth. There's nothing else there. So I, I thank God that he's brought me to the well. Um, Becky and Wade, since first meeting them, have done nothing but encourage me to be who God has created me to be. They haven't tried to put me in their box. They just said, be who you are in Christ, and we want to encourage you in that. And that's what we're supposed to do, because each and every one of us are uniquely made for his plan and purpose, but we all fit together. That's the amazing thing about the body of Christ. We all need one another. And I believe that's why he brought this, this group of people together, because there's been a cry in this day and hour. I've heard it since I was a child <laughs> from my parents. And mom, she didn't make it this morning, but uh, that's the cry of her heart is to see God move in ways that we have not even dreamt of. And we're going to see it. You know? And it's because we're hungry for him. That's his desire. It's his desire more than it's ours. But like I said, or actually like Linda said, the leadership's only going to take us so far. But who's the one leading this ship? So if the Lord's leading it, he's going to take us all the way. And that's what we want to do here. We want God leading this show. It's his show. Right? He created this world and it's for his plan and purpose. And he allowed us to be a part of it. And part of that is getting to know him. Well, that's the biggest part in my opinion. We have to know him. Without knowing him, what do we have? He's the one that leads and directs. And if I can't lean upon him, I can't go to everybody in this front row and say, hey, what do I need to do? I need to go to him for myself. I did that for many years. I go to somebody for a word. Go to this one for a word. Go, and the Lord's like, what are you doing? 
come to me. I have what you need. But we will help you along the way. That's why he established this place. Because he desires a people that will come up beside you and help you along the way. So I thank God for our pastors. They've been a real blessing. And thank you for allowing me to be a part of this. Kathy. A nick I have a nickname. Can I tell him your nickname? <laughs> I like nicknames, but I call her Wildfire <laughs> because she is. She's grown so much, and we've become such friends, and she's a real blessing to this house. You see her with those flags. That's a prophetic move. She's led by the Lord to do that. She doesn't just do that to fit because she wants to. Uh, but she's leading in that area. I really believe that, and it brings freedom. So you wave them flags. Don't you just love it when she does that? You guys too, Misty, all of you. But I'm so grateful. So I'm excited that she's going to share this morning. And she's got a grandbaby on the way. Right now, like right now, grandbaby's on the way. Um, everything that Pastor was talking about, I, I've gone through everything he was talking about um, for, the, for the well. I have experienced walking through it all. But I just remember um, um, wanting, I was in a season of wanting to find a, a church. Um, and I was just inside, yeah, that's like, Lord, I feel like we're missing something. There's more, there's more. What is it? And so um, I kept feeling like, um, Lord, I feel like a church is coming, like, it's coming close to me. And then my friend Karen, I didn't hear, she's like, you're not going to believe this, but my friends are starting a church right down the road from you. And I was like, oh, it is right down the road. So anyway, um, I, I uh, came and um, um, I learned about the fivefold ministry, but um, um this is my forte speaking. Um, but anyway, um, what I have experienced here um, that more that I had stuff inside me, it's just I didn't even realize I had stuff inside me to bring it out. And I wanted a church family. I just didn't know how to, like, open up and say, here I am, da 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 and, you know, I belong. So it took me a while to, to um, cultivating. I feel like I went through a lot of cultivating, but I loved learning about the fivefold ministry, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the teacher, the preacher. And I, I see where that's where we were missing it. So that always speaks to me. And then I remember on January 10th, 2021, they taught about the fivefold ministry. And I was like, oh, my gosh, that's what the more was that I was desiring and um, I, and I like I had more inside, and I desired more, but I didn't know how to bring it out. So I seen how God was using that apostolic gift to pull it out. Like she even gave me that nickname, and I'd be like, "Wild, what is she talking about?" <laughs> and then prophetic, I'm like, "What is prophetic?" 
but then they were recognizing stuff and pulling it out and then um, just cultivating, walking through um, seasons of my life. And these last three years, I walked through a lot, and I'm so thankful um, for a church family and for the wisdom of the five and um, pulling stuff out and breaking stuff off and cultivating. And I feel like I've been more like... Um, stretching like that that oil that goes on baby skin helps it to stretch I learned that from that teaching when we went I feel like that's been me I've been like the oil's just been stretching me and stretching me for that new wine to come in and then when he was talking about um the the songs I do remember going to the first service thinking oh those were a lot of songs to go through and not quite understanding it. And then um, it's true what Pastor Wade said. It takes me about three or four songs to get out of my mind of what I'm dealing with, to start seeing myself in heaven, seated in heaven, and start worshiping God. So I get it. But a lot of people that come in, they're, they're used to your three songs and your message and go home. But there is so much value to that. Um, and then um, just having a, a church family be there um, where you walk through different seasons of your life is um, a blessing, and I, I'm so thankful that I found that. Um, and then I always think about, because we named it the well, and I always think about that woman that encountered Jesus at the well, and that's where it was named, um, named from, but I always think that that woman went to that well in the middle day in the heat all by herself she was alone and so th I don't um I can relate to that feeling that alone and I don't feel that alone because of the because of the well <laughs> so um there's probably so much more I'm going to sit down and think oh I should have said this and I should have said that but I just um I'm I'm thankful um that we're all still growing and we're learning but um Um, I'm thankful that I stepped into the well. <laughs> Kathy, uh, she is going through a lot of season changes, a lot of new things. She just bought a business last week. This is her first week at her new business, which is, I mean, uh, she's still doing hair, which is a ministry. If you've not sat in her chair, <laughs> you should do that because it really is a ministry place for her, and she's very gifted in loving on people. Um, she also, I believe, has an apostolic gifting as well because she will encourage you and pull on you and um, encourage you to take steps, and um, I see that in her as, as well. Um, so she's a beautiful gift to this house and her um, sincerity and gentleness, but yet all of a sudden that wildfire pops out of there, <laughs> you're like, there she is. Anyway, it's a really beautiful thing. Um, you guys honestly are a blessing. You know, the well would not be the well if you hadn't decided to connect with the vision and I feel like we've stepped into a season. You got something to say? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, and uh, it would just be Wade and I and our two kids here. <laughs> and when we actually uh, 
Can I just, I'm just going to be me, just like you guys are y'all, and um, just share from my heart. Wade did lay the foundation. I'm grateful for that. Uh, but um, when, we, when we started, when God called us, and it was a word, Linda, it was a word. God spoke it. And um, I hadn't ever received a word like that so clearly. And if I just tell part of the story, it's because it's such an amazing God thing. When he tells you to write things down, write it down. When he tells you that this is important, mark it down because it is. And in January of 2019, um, January 7th is when he spoke the word, the well, to me. And that next week, that next five days, he unpacked John 4 in an incredible way. And, uh, and then the first time I shared that as a devotional, because we were going through a fast, was on January 12th, when, which is what I referred to um, during worship today. And then a year later, we had our first service on the anniversary of that release. But I remember um, holding it very closely because sometimes you know the thing that he's speaking to you is so significant. And until you have some understanding or until it's not something that can be shared, has he ever spoke to you like that? Something that you have to hold close until there's understanding. Plus, in the natural, we knew that the kind of impact that it would have if it wasn't the timing of God. And so waiting for all those things to align and to make sure that we weren't releasing something that wasn't, we weren't even sure about. It was really, that started a journey of, of about 10 months of us really sorting out what God was saying during that season. But I'm going to name drop a little bit just because um, as I was sharing in pre-service prayer, there are a few families that sat around the table in our dining room that worked with us and said that they would join with us. Whatever you need was some of them, what they said, and that they were just there to pray and encourage and challenge and to be a part of what God was birthing. And uh, those families are still represented in this room, the Matheny's, the Webb's, Brittany, um, Lee, his family, the Smith family. And uh, Daryl and Katie. Um, and we sat around that table, and we hadn't been to how to start a church in five easy lessons. <laughs> we were just following the, the leading of the Spirit. We were just following the voice of God. And before that happened, before we started sitting around that table, um, we were at lunch with Sam and Lucas after church one Sunday at Culver's, that's still where we like to go eat. Uh, if you want to find us, most Sundays we're there. Um, but um, we were at lunch with them, and they were talking, and we were talking about God. And they, uh, Lucas's dad had started a prayer group in his home because they'd been praying for revival. And uh, we wanted that too. And so we were chatting with them, and it was the first time, I think, that I actually said, and I was so uncomfortable, and it felt so silly, but I, I remember saying to them, I don't know if they remember, but I remember saying, because they were like, we don't know what we're going to call this thing, this prayer meeting that God's starting, and I said, well, I said, I'm pretty certain God gave me the name of a church, 
And uh, if you've been around Lucas any time, he has a real funny bone in him. Not everybody gets to see it, but um, I love his humor. I really enjoy that. Um, but anyway, so we were sitting there, and he was like, well, let's just start naming off all the names, and then maybe if we hit it, you'll let us know. And But it was something that I couldn't release to them, but it was something that I said to them. Um, at that table, and that was a big deal for me because um, it felt like, and this is going to make the podcast, so it's going to be out there, so I want to be honoring, but when you are connected to a house, and we were very connected to a house, we were serving as youth pastors there and had for six years, and we, our, our ministry, our life in ministry has always been to serve under a pastor. That's always what we've done until three years ago when God called us to do this, and so to now feel like to know that God was speaking for you to start a church, and you're, you know, wrestling with all these thoughts of, well, Lord, there are plenty of churches, <laughs> Like, there's no shortage of churches. I mean, you're going to tell somebody, they're going to be like, like, we need another church. You know, all the things that people would say. Um, and so even sitting at lunch, it was such an act of faith and such a scary moment for me to even release that little bit. Well, God spoke the name of a church to me was um, such a big, it felt really heavy because that meant in some way the world would look at that as it's a betrayal of where we're at. And that had, it didn't have anything to do with that. It had to do with the mandate that God had placed on our life. And it was completely outside of anything that had to do with, um, with loyalty. It was scary it was, it felt uncertain, but at the same time, it felt like if this doesn't happen, I'm not gonna, I can't live. Like, I, if I die with this in me, then I will not stand before God, or I, when I do, he will not say, welcome in my good and faithful servant. He will say, you did not complete the task that I had called you to. And that was the weight of what I was carrying during that season. And as Wade and I would talk about it, and we would try to sort through it and figure it out. There were moments like that where those little bitty, they seem, what's, you're just sharing with people that you love and that love you, but it was so big. I don't know, Katie, do you remember when we were in the van? And I, I told you, and we didn't say nothing else about it. <laughs> and, uh. Because I didn't know what to do with it. I, what, we weren't looking. We weren't looking for this. But what we were looking for was this hunger that could not be filled with anything. It was this hunger that was there for more of God. For more of what he wanted to, us to experience. And uh, in greater measure. <laughs> and so all of these little things, you all are such a part you are, your obedience to even be willing to connect with the vision of this house is because there is a mandate here. And it's so important for you to connect to that. And I, I believe and we believe as leadership, we were talking about this, you know, it seems like um, the word expand is what's happening right now. And for 2023, it's so weird because in the natural, it feels like everything is trying to contradict that. <laughs> 
that expansion piece. And, um, and so it feels like we are in a season where we're looking for people to say, yeah, we want to run with this vision. We want to build the kingdom together. We want to connect arms. We want to link arms. We want to ascend the mountain of the Lord together. We want to go into that holy place. And we want to see heaven come to earth. And that's where we're at. Because the mandate is so much bigger. Yeah, it felt big in 2019 when he spoke it. That was big. And then we meet in a two-car garage. First time Brittany ever opened our service was our first service in the garage. She was freaking out. It was so tight in that place. Daryl laid in the middle of the aisle, and I think he was like three rows back, and he's short. He was three rows back. <laughs> you can tell him I said that. And he was laying in the altar. We have a picture of it. And where I stood was so close to Lucas, I could feel the breath coming out of his mouth when he sang. <laughs> we couldn't even make eye contact. <laughs> But there was a cry coming from that place. God was stretching us and growing us. And you had to fight the doubt. The doubt of your lack. Like, Lord, why would you choose me? Do y'all say that too? Why would you choose me? And I'm often reminded because you were willing to say yes. Because you're willing to say yes. He brought two unlikely people, a family. Pastor Appreciation, I got a letter from, we got a letter from my daughter. And it blessed me so much because in the letter she said, our family is called to ministry. And Nathaniel was off at college when we birthed the well. He wasn't there. He wasn't there for the first service. He was rarely there that first year. But when we would talk to him, he would use the word we too. God knows the kids that he gives you. And he also knows what he's called you to. And it's a beautiful thing to have them walk alongside us as we do this, as we build the kingdom together. And it is a beautiful thing to do this with Wade. It's not easy. <laughs> Because we are so different. But it's a beautiful thing. As a woman in ministry, that's not easy either. But God knew what I needed. The kind of husband that I needed that would let me fly. And be who God created me to be. And he could be safe and secure in who God created him to be. So I honor you for that. Because I'm a lot. (laughs) 
<laughs> but I feel like most of the time he's like, just go ahead. <laughs> and that's really beautiful. So here we are. <laughs> here we are. Talking about ascending the mountain. I think that's a good thing, good place. Linda mentioned it in her sharing as well. And last year, it's actually been over a year, God gave me a vision of us ascending the mountain. And it's so interesting. Um, there's going to be so much more that will be unpacked over the next few weeks because we didn't just take a vacation. It's so weird because Nathaniel just graduated from college. Yay! <laughs> And so, um, so we decided to take a family vacation to celebrate that accomplishment. It was also rolled up in uh, Christmas for us. And we were like, well, where do we go? We don't know where we want to go. We had the hardest time deciding where to go. Honestly, we have been trying to take a vacation like two days here or one day there, like all year long, and it's just not worked out. And so finally we were like, we're going to do it. And, and honestly, there were moments where like the whole family, we were like, even when somebody would even think about it, I think Wade might have at one point been like, well, we haven't really done anything to plan it. We're like, no, it's on the calendar. We're going somewhere. We're doing this thing. <laughs> and sometimes you have to do that. Um, you have to do that. So we were like, well, we should go somewhere that's going to be a little bit warmer. So it needs to be a little Southern, you know, because if you go anywhere that's, you know, colder, then we're going to have to embrace skiing, and I'm just not sure I really want to do that. So anyway, so we decided to go to Utah. There were some things that we wanted to see there. Um, it's so funny when I say we decided because it really wasn't. <laughs> we didn't decide. God orchestrates your life. And uh, it's so crazy because here he had given, given me this vision of us ascending the mountain, and I could see it. I don't know if you guys remember the, the, the Sunday that I shared about that and showed you the picture. And the mountains looked like the Swiss Alps. You know, they were snow-capped on the top. And, and in the vision, I could see this hiker. Well, I really got a perspective of that now. But I could see this hiker who had on the right shoes and the right outfit. And he had his backpack packed, and he was ready to ascend the mountain. He wasn't just like, I could see him. Um, I have a visual, I knew what color his hair was. It was that kind of detailed. Here was this hiker ready to send, and he'd hear God saying, ascend the mountain with me. And in, in Psalms 24, it talks about ascending the mountain. I'm just going to read this. God claims the world as his. Everything and everyone belongs to him. He's the one who pushed back oceans to let the dry ground appear, planting firm foundations for the earth. Who then ascends into the presence of the Lord? And who has the privilege of entering into God's holy place? Those who are clean, whose works and ways are pure, whose hearts are true and sealed by the truth, those who never deceive and those whose words are sure. They will receive the Lord's blessing and righteousness given by the Savior God. They will stand before God, for they seek the pleasure of God's face. The well is presence-driven. So anyway, we decided to take this trip to Utah. And uh, Wade and I probably 
eight, eight or nine years ago, we made this list of places we wanted to visit before our kids are grown. I don't know, Teresa, I feel like you might can relate to this. Like, you, you know, you just, there's these things you want to experience with your kids, you know, because we knew as they got older, it'd be harder and harder to do things together. And they're all, they're adults now. And so we made this list of all these places we wanted to see in the United States alone. We hadn't done a very good job of marking those off. And like Wade said, Zion was magnificent. We got to see the Grand Canyon. We went to Zion National Park. And he'll have a lot of funny stories to tell about me over the next while. He's unpacking this, I'm sure. But for today, um, he took us to Zion. Do you know what the mountain of the Lord is called in Jerusalem? Zion, Mount Zion. He took us to Zion. What? That was not a mistake. That wasn't us just planning a vacation to southern Utah. He took us to the very place that he'd been telling us to ascend to. Because what he had been showing me in a vision, I couldn't quite get perspective of until I'm standing there looking. Wow. This is the mountain of the Lord. And Wade talked about that watchman trail. And as we ascend together, there were lots of things that I learned about myself and that we learned about each other, but that watchman trail was awful. I mean, it was just awful. Like, thank God, in a sense, that we did it last <laughs> because it was terrible. Someone had recommended it to us. And here's the cool thing. He's talking about all these uh, biblical names that the Mormons named this area. I'm not sure what the natives named them. I'm, I would be curious to know um, what they had named that area. But, um, but the Mormons had pretty well named most of these things. And it's interesting because they, too, were seeing it through the lens of Scripture. They were seeing that area as such. And there are some of you in this house, and, and we know who some of you are, but there are watchmen in this house. And that's a very significant role. So we had to walk the watchman trail because we needed to have the perspective of what it meant to be a watchman. And a watchman, in Scripture, they talk about staying on the wall. Stay on the wall. Stay on the wall. And so... We walked that trail, and it, it was terrible. I mean, honestly, I didn't. It was muddy, and I looked at that thing, and this is, you know, a uh, um, paradox of what it's like sometimes. We can hear God saying, come up here, come up here. Ascend the mountain of the Lord with me. Come to this place I want to take you. Come up here and join me. See from my perspective. Come up here. We don't live down here. He wants us to live up here, right? Seated in heavenly places. But that trail was hard. It was hard. It was muddy and slippery. And it, it felt like rock. It felt like we were walking on Mars. And I've never walked on Mars. But, you know, it's the red planet. I even said that to Sophie. I was like, this is like Mars. There's clay caked around my shoes like an inch out. It's that sticky of clay this day that we're. It's not always like this. But it was the day we were there. It was wet and muddy and rocky. And it hurt like your, your feet would get caught in between the rocks and it would cause your toes to twist in your shoes. Like it was uncomfortable. Not just that, but we are climbing 300 feet. We had already walked three miles in another trail uphill. 
which was beautiful. Oh, my goodness. Beautiful. Breathtaking. But there was something about this watchman. And, and, and even now, I'm still, like, unpacking the whole thing. <laughs> like, it was not fun. <laughs> it was not fun. And we'd have to, we've, and I got so winded at one point. I mean, I had to stop and sit on a rock and kind of catch my breath before we could continue to ascend the mountain. It's not easy to go to the places that God is calling us to go to. And Sophie, I mean, ugh, I adore my family. I mean, honestly, I just adore the people that God, y'all, I adore y'all too, almost as well. I was just thinking, man, if I could just go around this room, if Wade and I could just go around and bless every one of you and tell you and speak over you the things that how wonderful we think that you are, it would be a beautiful thing. Like, anyway, but um, I know it's getting a little later in the day, but I just want to share this um, part of it. But even there were several times that. There's this interesting dynamic that happens as we journey together. And I think it was Kathy that shared, she saw in a vision how you tie a rope around each other to help each other ascend the mountain. And that can happen, but I will tell you that it's really interesting because um, when we were going up that the Watchman Trail and then coming back down it, there were times that Sophie, she was leading us down and she didn't want to lead. She's like, I don't like to lead. I don't want to lead. And it's, um, and not in that, she likes to lead. <laughs> but in that aspect, anybody that knows her knows she's not afraid to lead. Um, but in that moment, she didn't want to. And all of those things spoke to the way we are with God sometimes. He's like, yeah, but I know what you got in you. I know you don't want to lead. But I know what you've got in you. And in this moment, you need to lead. Because there's something that you have that the others don't or that they need to receive. And so she would go ahead and then she would look back at her little old mama. We did discover I do have the shortest legs in the family. It didn't take that trip for me to recognize that, but it became very apparent. And, um, and she would want to help me, you know, help me across those really hard places, those rocks, to make sure that I was okay because she knew I was tired. And I told her, I said, Sophie, I said, I can't let you help me because you're going to need all of the strength that you have. I need to carry my own weight. But then there were other times where we were ascending a mountain and Wade or Nathaniel would reach out their hand. I would take it so that I could reach the step because it was just too far. The step was just so far down. I needed a little extra help. But there are those moments where we need to recognize when we need to take the help and when God is wanting us to make that step by ourselves. And I needed to not feel like I was adding weight to her. So along this week, too, I have to share this because I think it's really significant. It spoke a lot to me about ascending the mountain, because this is the journey we're on. We're ascending together. There are things that God wants us to accomplish together, and we do lock arms. And there are times where you grow weary, and we would have to stop along the trail, but they weren't going to. None of them said, well, let's turn around and go back. 
and I was tired. I saw that mud on that trail before we even got to the part of it to start inclining. And I, was, and I even said out loud, I was like, if this trail's like this, I don't want to do it. I don't want to walk three and a half miles in this. And I think that's why, and Wade was like, well, you know, maybe once we get up a little further, it won't be so bad. It won't be so muddy. And that's the way God does. He's just saying, just trust me. Just take a few more steps. I know that you feel tired and like you don't have what you need to go. But I'm your source and I'm your strength. And if you'll just walk with me, then we'll make it up there together. And so we did. We would journey on. Well, there was this one place that we went on. And once we got up to see the Watchman Trail, it was the reason it's called the Watchman. I'm pretty certain is that you can see 360 degrees all the way around. I actually took a video where I walked in a circle. And the Watchman can see everything that needs to be seen. It was not the tallest mountain that we climbed, but it had a great vantage point. And so I am grateful for the watchmen in this house that pray and keep their eyes open and that can see the 360 degree in the spirit and in the natural. We have both those that function as a watchman in the spirit and in the natural in this house, and we're extremely grateful for them to keep their eyes open, to watch for traps, to see what's coming, and to be aware of what's happening. That's very important, very important. And so I'm grateful for that. There was this one. So as you're on your journey, as you are ascending the mountain, there may be muck and mire that you got to walk through, and it's hard. But we come along with each other and pull each other along. And we encourage each other. But there was this one place we went to. It's called Sand Caves. It was well worth the climb, but I don't ever want to do it again. Okay. And it was really, really scary for me. I had a really hard time with it. There was this section that we had to cross over this mountain. First, there's no trail. You blaze in your own trail. Anybody feel like that's what we're doing here, pioneering something that's not been done before in this region? He brought a family, an unlikely family, and called us into a place that we weren't expecting to go. But on this mountain, you had to cross over this really, in my opinion, extremely slick. Most of these mountains are full of stone, and there are places where you can put your foot and you can step. But this one wasn't, I literally had to be down on my hands and knees and my feet to cross across this mountain to get over to where we wanted to go. It was so scary for me. There was sand on the side of this slick part of the mountain. And I didn't want to fall. I didn't want to fall and hurt myself. I was so afraid of slipping down that mountain and it took my whole family encouraging me to cross that one. And Wade, on the way across it, he would tell me, well, put your foot right here. Just put your foot here. And he held my hand and he helped me walk across. He couldn't walk it for me, but he could hold my hand and he could give me guidance. And he could share. And I could choose whether or not I was going to listen to what he had to say or not. His wisdom. 
And he was like some kind of mountain monkey, mountain lion. I don't know what to call him. Just walking back and forth across that slick. But, you know, watching him do that didn't increase my confidence. I still was so aware of my own limitation that I couldn't just walk across that thing like he did. So he and Sophie are on the other side. Sophie made it across with tears streaming down my face. I crawled across the face of that mountain to get to the other side. You'd have thought after I'd done it one time, when it came back to go across it again, to come down, it had been easier. It wasn't. It wasn't easier. It was worth it, but it wasn't easier. Do I want to do it again today? I don't. I told the kids, I was like, if you want to propose to someone, because it was that magnificent, if you want to propose to someone up there in that cave, I might come then. <laughs> but I'm going to need just a little bit of time. <laughs> but here's the thing. As we ascend together, there are going to be struggles. We're going to fight. We're going to fight to ascend. It's not going to be a walk in the park. There's going to be clay. There are going to be slick parts. There are going to be difficult moments. There are going to be tears. There's going to be celebration. There's victory and joy. But when we started back across that mountain, Wade had done walked across it like six times. <laughs> and he was very patient with me. And I literally, my butt, it is not pretty, but like this. <laughs> Tears, the whole thing. It's not attractive. But we fight sometimes, and it's not pretty what we're fighting for. He fights with us. Wade never left me, not one moment, and that's like God. That's how God is with us. God does not leave you. He may not do it for you. And sometimes when we watch someone struggle, we just want, it's like we know. He knew. He was like, hey, you're going to be okay. You're going to get across there. But there was no convincing me in that moment. Because now, not only was I worried about me slipping, but I was worried about him slipping. If I misstepped, was I going to take him with me? And that was too much of a risk for me, the way that I'm wired. And it came a point where he would, he would tell me, I couldn't see nothing. Remember? This, tears, hair. It's raining now, just so you know. <laughs> Raincoat hood. Can't see nothing. Here I am staring at that slick mountain. And Wade, in his wisdom, because he knew. Have you ever, God ever sent a guide along to you and they know they've been there and they're wanting to help you avoid the things? And so at one point, he was telling me where to place my foot and he decided to, to grab a hold of my foot. Like, you know, here, just put it there. like. I'm telling you, just put it there, right there. <laughs> and I had to say, don't. Don't do it. I had to make the step on my own. I, know, I knew he knew that, but I had to make the step. And this is what your journey looks like. We have to allow people 
even as we guide them. I have to allow Kathy to become Kathy at a pace that she needs that. And I may want to rush that, but she's got to ascend to deal with the things. I had to deal with my stuff in that moment. I had to deal with my fear, my insecurities right there. Wade had already decided, what well, he didn't know how they were going to leave me there. Hanging on to that slick mountain. He wasn't going to leave me. And he didn't leave me. He just waited and walked me through it. I didn't stop. I kept moving. But I had to go at a certain rate. And we are all ascending together. We're just all at a different place and a different pace along that path. But God has laid a foundation for us here. And we're going to move forward, Joanne. We're going to move forward. We're going to keep ascending the mountain together. Year three, resurrection life is in year three. We're going to see this thing grow and expand. And when we find ourselves ascending this mountain, that's not easy to ascend. God is going to continue to reveal himself through it. We're going to walk with people. That is the biggest fruit that we have seen in this house, is the fruit of the lives of the individuals that have changed. Most churches will count heads, but we count growth in the lives of people. And you all are a beautiful testament to the faithfulness of God and your faithfulness to him to continue to move forward. And we are so grateful that you're here. And he has big things for the well to do, much bigger than what we can accomplish on our own. But if we lock arms and we ascend the mountain together, no matter how miry, how mucky, how difficult it gets, and even moments where you feel stuck, there will be someone to come along and say, come on with me. Let me show you a little bit of the way. I can't do it for you, but I can help guide you through. Because he said he'll never leave us and he'll never forsake us. So, not a traditional vision casting Sunday. But I think where we're at and where God wants to take us in this next season and this next year, we are so grateful that you all are ascending the mountain of the Lord with us. We want to thank you for listening in today. At The Well, we believe in cultivating a culture for more of God. Wherever you are in your relationship and walk with God, we believe that there is always more for those who diligently seek after Him. If you would like to find out more, please check out our website at thewellmichigan.com and connect with us on social media.